And so, after all those endless years, I confronted Joe Chill. Joe, I want to tell you a story without an ending, but maybe you can supply one. It began several years ago, when Thomas Wayne, his wife, and young son Bruce were stopped by a bandit. Did you say Wayne? The bandit killed Thomas Wayne and his wife, then frightened, ran away, but not before young Bruce memorized his features. Bruce Wayne can still identify that killer, Chill. It was you. You're, you're bluffing, Batman. How do you know what really happened? I know because I am the son of the people you murdered, Chill. I know because I am Bruce Wayne. No! Hey everybody, it's Timmy Time with the Batman Revolution Podcast. This is episode number 96. This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network. Did I get it in time, Tim? You got it in time, and I think that might have been your smoothest intro yet. You okay. sounded calm, relaxed, and oh, you said it right. Oh man, I, I, I mean, I just go through panic attacks <laughs> leading up to this day. Leading up to uh, the point where I have to say it. Do you have to take anxiety pills before you start this podcast? Just yeah. so you can make sure you say that right and not be super nervous. Yeah, and I have to take that. Uh, what's that uh, thing that uh, snipers take so that their hands aren't shaky? Dramamine? Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. It's in like every semi realistic first person shooter. I just can't remember what it is. That must be something I don't pay attention to when I'm playing those <laughs> first yeah. person shooters because it's not coming to me. Did you get uh, Black Ops uh, 3? No, I'm, I'm going to skip that one. Why? I, just, I usually don't play the what, uh, Treyarch, the Treyarch ones. How come? I never really liked you know, some of their older ones. Well, I know Infinity Ward isn't there anymore, but there were the ones that did yeah. Modern Warfare, which were the best ones. And then, yeah. Well, 3 was all right. Yeah, that was the weakest one out of the, the three yeah. of them. I'm trying to forget who did the Advanced Warfare. I got the box right here. Oh, Sledgehammer, that's what it was. That one was, yeah. it was pretty good, but it wasn't as good as other Modern Warfare games. No, it's because like I, I, I thought that Advanced Warfare was trying to be like, uh, was trying to be like Destiny or Halo, where you know you have this cool mech suit thing and you can jump high and yeah. you, can, you know make a big boom when you land and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I just feel like it doesn't really work in a first-person shooter like a Call of Duty game where it's, yeah, I it's on rails, kind of. Yeah. But uh, the one I have to give, I don't know if I'm going to get it right away, Halo 5, that came out last week. But see, the thing is, yeah. I've been having, my schedule's been really busy lately, so I probably won't have time to play it. And I have to make sure when Battlefront comes out in like a week and a half, that's the game I'm going to be playing nonstop. So I don't think I'll be able to beat Halo in time. Before Battlefront comes out, do you think do you think uh, Battlefield is going to get repetitive after a while? I mean, because you're only going to be playing the same maps over and over again. It could, but I think there's from what I read so far, yeah. the different game modes. There seems to be some good variety in there, and plus, hopefully, some DLC that comes out eventually. Mm. But I know that's been a worry for a lot of fans, and even yeah, I had I, that worry when it was first announced, and heard it was going to be original trilogy levels, no space battles and stuff, but. I had fun just with the beta, and that was only two maps. So <laughs> if I play that for a weekend, I think uh, having multiple maps and planets is going to keep me busy for a while. Yeah, but what I was thinking about is, like, let's say you just keep on dying for whatever reason. Maybe you're not as good. <laughs> well, that's gonna Maybe be... you are good, but the other people are better or something. That's going to get irritating really, really fast. 
Yeah, I did. A lot of it's team based. So if you have a, I mean, if you're not that good, if you're with some good other players and can contribute a little with at least two kills or something <laughs> to help with the victory, I think that'll make it good. Yeah, because I remember uh, that's kind of why I stopped playing Call of Duty. Oh yeah, because I, like <laughs> so bad. I mean, I, I, I was all right, but like. There's some people that that's all they do is yep. just sit and play in Call of Duty and it's like... Like you respawn, you're dead already. You respawn, you're dead already. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I, I used to hate it when you tried to do a drone strike. And um, you know how you go full screen on the, the monitor? Yeah. And then you shoot one down and then all of a sudden you're dead. Because yeah. like somebody just came up and killed you. I used to hate that. Yeah, though it's going to be in Battlefront. This happens to me in the beta. I actually got the, to be Vader. Yeah, I got that power up and I got killed in like two seconds. I was like such a disgrace. <laughs> oh man, like I shouldn't even play anymore. It's a disgrace to me. <laughs> you you have to turn in your fan card. Oh, that's what I felt like. I'm gonna get one kill first. I was like, okay, what does the force joke and all that? And I was dead before even. <laughs> Maybe I swung the lifesaver two times. That's about it. Yeah. It oh, so so it randomly matches you up with like Luke or Leia or. I think it's going to depend on Vader. the type of map, but mm. there's like there's power ups where like you just go there and it depends of course if you're on the rebels or the imperial side if you get Luke or Vader. One time I was on the imperial side, I saw the power up and got it, and I was Vader. <laughs> and then you died. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think people are going to get burned out, burnt out uh, with that game really, really fast. Yeah, I'm sure some will. Yeah, I mean, if if, if you're not uh, let's say a diehard Star Wars. Fan. Yeah, I can see a yeah. bunch of like hardcore first-person shooters who are not necessarily Star Wars fan, but since it's a new shooter game, wanted to check it out and probably be like, "This is awful." Yeah, I mean, not that I can get it, but is uh, Halo Five getting good reviews? It's getting good reviews, but I don't think it's getting like great reviews that the Halo games normally get. Oh. I've seen some big things about the campaign, which is the main reason I play the Halo games. I play a little bit of multiplayer, but I, I mainly in it for the story and the campaign co-op. Yeah. And I heard, too, that you're not... This is what they did in Halo 2, where you weren't Master Chief the whole time. You get to... Yeah. Gotta be another... And for Halo 5, another team of Spartans, which is like, eh, I don't know, necessarily like that. Is is Master Chief in it? Or yeah, he's he... in it, but I don't, oh. I don't think you play the whole game as him, though, which is... Yeah, yeah. Funny. So what about uh, Cortana? Is she in it? Uh, I think the whole premise of the game is that you're looking for Halo Four is like she. Oh yeah, she gave herself. She sacrificed herself, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because because that was the last Halo I played, and that one wasn't too good. Oh, I like that one. Well, but, you're you're but, like a Xbox diehard. Yeah, fan. but I'm not a Halo like diehard. But like I am with Star Wars, I'm not <laughs> with Halo. Yeah. Which I'm saying, I, or I'm hearing for this game. You get a lot more out of it if you like read the expanded stuff, like books and some of those web series that they have. Yeah, so they say it can be a little problem with investing in certain characters in Halo Five unless you read those books or watch those series. So that's oh, you mean like your squad, your your, your squad mates or yeah, whatever they're called. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I'll have to see once I get it, but it's, it might be a while. Battlefront first. Battlefront. <laughs> Did you already reserve it and uh, pay for it? Uh, I'll probably be doing that this weekend or next week since it comes out in like two weeks. So gotta watch make sure it gets it. here on the day. I'm probably just gonna order it from Amazon. Yeah, watch you do it, and it's all sold out everywhere. So, oh boy, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's gonna be anything like the movie, I mean, it's gonna make a lot of money, and it's yeah. gonna be sold out a lot. 
So at least I think it'll have people playing it until The Force Awakens comes out. Yeah. They'll be buzzed for that, and then you have the Battle of Jakku DLC coming out like two weeks before the movie, so it'll probably last up until January, I would think, where everybody's playing it. Do you think? Um, do you think Episode Seven can finally unseed seat uh, Avatar? Man, I really want it to, and I think it can, but at the same time, I'm not getting my hopes up. Because every time you have these high expectations for movies to do these gangbuster numbers, they never actually live up to it. It's the ones you don't expect, like Jurassic yeah. World. Like, who expected that to make that much money? And then everyone expected Avengers Age of Ultron to be yeah. more money than the first Avengers, and it didn't. So it's like, you can everything you predicted, it never happens. But with Star Wars, uh, everything we're hearing with all the pre, pre-sale ticket numbers, the crashing of the sides, it's, it's looking like it, but... At the same time, I'm not gonna like say, "Oh yeah, definitely," but I'm really hoping it will. Isn't it on track to make like, or they're predicting that it's gonna make like seven billion? Seven billion? <laughs> yeah, yeah. When it's done. Wow, that would be something. <laughs> uh, or like six billion or two billion or something. I thought I read that somewhere. Man, maybe it's with everything, like with merchandise and stuff. Yeah, when everything is done, and you know, we're getting ready for episode eight. Okay, yeah, and, that. Yeah. Then I can definitely see that number. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, far, far after. I mean, far away from uh, the release of the Blu-ray. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think totally that would it would make that easily. It's because like if you think about it, Avatar includes all that stuff, so they would have to do that for Force Awakens. Yeah, who really bought? Did they even make Avatar toys? Maybe if they did. I I guess so. I mean, I know they made a couple video games. Star Wars. Yeah. I don't think they, they made were. a couple of video games that didn't do very well, but exactly. I mean, I guess I guess people bought the the the, the Blu-ray and the the toys and the movie tickets. Oh, because of that 3D—that's what jumped it. Yeah, I think it was like 27 billion. I think that movie made. Jeez, man! I think that's that's why it's number one. I know just for the movie itself, not including merchandise and all that. I think it's like two point six i want to say but i might be off it's in the two billions i remember man are people i mean did did kids really really want avatar toys i don't think so I, I find it hard to believe yeah. that it did really good with the merchandise yeah that's what i was thinking and just imagine when force awakens come out c- comes out how many you know young kids that are around right now are gonna fall in love with star wars exactly. they're gonna have their parents pile the toys and you got all the old nerds like me. <laughs> yeah, you got all the old nerds. But if you think about it, you're you're gonna buy all the toys. Um, people generally interested in toys and Star Wars are gonna buy them. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's in the holiday season time too. So yeah, and plus to all of these kids that are gonna be exposed to Star Wars for the first time, they're gonna be you know. Asking their parents to buy uh, the toys, so yep. it's got to at least compete with Avatar, right? So I'm hoping it does. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I would love nothing more if that sits up top, number one, and then hopefully maybe by the summer, Batman v Superman will be number two, right under it. <laughs> and then James Cameron will come out with another movie, so and it'll top everything. Avatar two. Avatar two. Are they even working on that? Or they say it? they are. Okay. Oh. I don't yeah. think it'll do good as the first one because it's been so long and I just I think yeah. the novelty of the 3D is worn off. How long has it been? 
came out in 2009. Wow. It, so it'll be almost 10 years by the time the sequel comes out. <laughs> I guess people love that, so... Yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so we'll find out. It has a Star Wars movie to compete with, too. That's another thing. <laughs> but that, um, that Warcraft movie looked pretty good. It looked, it looked okay to me. I thought the, some of the shots were a little too CG-heavy. I mean, again, it's an early trailer, oh, so yeah. fix it, but some of the shots with like the trolls or the orcs, the way they're, the animation on their faces when they talk, some shots looked a little off, and I think sometimes when they were riding yeah. these bees, but it looks pretty cool. The world on it looks neat. I'm, I'm not yeah, a Warcraft yeah, like, player, so yeah, I know either, but knowing nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, I know what you mean. It looks like it's the Attack of the Clones kind of thing, where they have some live you know, sets some real world sets and then most of it is CGI'd. Yeah, especially with those orcs. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean you saw what they did with uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They they actually, I think they pulled those effects off well. I mean you could say what you want about no, no, the no, I'm talking about turtles, but I'm talking about the old movie. Oh the Casa, yeah. Jim Henson Casa world. Yeah. Those still no. hold up great today. No, they don't. They're yeah, terrible. They do. No, they hold up good. They're terrible. No, the third one's awful, but the first one, those, those look still look really good. The, is the third one uh, the one with uh, Vanilla Ice? That's the second one. Even yeah, The second one, they went down a little bit from the first one. I'll give you that. A little. A little bit. <laughs> they had Vanilla Ice in it, Tim. No, I talked about the costumes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the movie overall went down a lot. <laughs> I think I told you this before. They gave that the studio, or the studio gave them a bigger budget for the sequel. It pretty much all went to Vanilla Ice, the extra money. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I guess he was a hot property back yep, then. That was the height of Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> Can you imagine that's the first record you ever bought? <laughs> Vanilla Ice's Ice Ice Baby, or whatever that. It would be something if that was your first, and you still have it. <laughs> yeah, what is your first? What was the first? record that you bought the first one i got do you remember yeah. it was like it was 93 do you remember the group jim blossoms yeah 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 that was the first cd i actually ever got for myself <laughs> what uh what album name this is their first one i think it was called new miserable experience there's oh. one with all their hits on there <laughs> <laughs> well at least it wasn't vanilla ice yes <laughs> yeah. but what was your first dvd that you bought First DVD was, yeah. I know I don't know if it's the first. It was either uh, the James Bond movie Tomorrow Never Dies. Cause I think that's when it first came out. It was like one of those first movies to be released on DVD yeah. right away. Yeah. And it was either that and then uh, Help, the Beatles movie. <laughs> I think that was oh. going on DVD too. <laughs> it was funny when we first got it. We were actually going using the computer because we didn't have a DVD player first. Right. So we got a computer that had it. And so we had an S-video cable that went from the computer to the TV. And that's how we were watching DVD movies for the first few months without realizing that I'm not getting the best quality. <laughs> <laughs> but it served its purpose. You know the first DVD I bought? Because I had a PS2 at the time. Okay. Uh, the first DVD I bought was... You know that show, The Shield? Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, the the first season of that okay. show. <laughs> so it wasn't even a movie; it's a TV show. <laughs> it was a TV show. Ah, uh, but anyway, yeah. let's talk about another DVD. <laughs> um, let's talk about the Dark Knight Rises commentary, minute by minute commentary that we've we're crusaders, Tim. 
Yes, we are. We've, <laughs> we've been Crusaders for 48 minutes. We've powered through 48 minutes of this. Or and 47 minutes. Uh, and We're still going strong. Yeah, we're still going strong. I wish I could so, say what DVD number of Dark Knight Rises was when I bought it. Well, technically not a DVD, it's a Blu-ray. So yeah, there goes that. Or, or Batman Begins. I wonder what. Yeah, that I got on DVD. Yeah. I but that was first, your first one. No, oh. uh, I got Batman '89 pretty early on. It wasn't my first one, but it was like in the first few batches of DVDs that we got. So, what was the first video game you bought? Uh, does Mario Brothers count since it came with the system? Yeah. No. 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 Okay. Uh, like like a game that you bought separate from the system okay. that you went in and bought. Yeah. You'll never guess it in a million tries. <laughs> um, is it a Disney game? No. Is it a Terminator game? No. I'm thinking like NES titles. Yeah, you're never going to get it. Okay, what is it? Duck Hunt? <laughs> <laughs> the game called Swallow, a skiing game. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> I remember waiting... Like, my dad went to it was a store called Music Plus, and they sell games there too. I remember waiting in the car. He's like, "Man, what's taking yeah. so long?" He's like, "What's he doing?" There? And he surprised us. I don't know why he chose that game, but <laughs> that was... maybe he thought it looked fun. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. But that was the second game we ever owned besides Mario coming with the actual system. And you had an NES, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So what was yours? First, first game. Um... It was either Final Fantasy VII or it was um, Silent Hill. I can't remember which okay. one. Yeah. Well, if it was Final Fantasy VII, that was definitely a great choice yeah. <laughs> to be your first game. Yeah, but I remember I, I used to like uh, a Silent Hill better. Ah. Yeah. Was it because of more of the no, no, like no, the turn-based no. style of it? No, no, it's, it has nothing to do with gameplay. It has nothing to do with story. It's because I had the strategy guide. Oh. <laughs> so you were able so, to beat it? <laughs> yeah, so I was able to beat it. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> that game was scary back in the day. I mean, it looks like crap now. <laughs> that game was scary. But anyway, um, <laughs> let's uh, let's do our minute-by-minute commentary. So uh, this episode, we're going from minute 48 to 49. So just queue up your DVD slash Blu-ray slash um, HD DVD slash beta tape slash projector slash laser disc laser disc slash uh, what is that called? Like violet ultraviolet ultraviolet um, VCD. Remember those? Oh, VCD VHS. Um, yeah, just just get those. <laughs> yeah. If you don't have them already, go get them. Get all the dead media formats. <laughs> if you can find it. I don't yeah. know how you're going to find it, but <laughs> good luck. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Tim, are you ready? Let's do it. All right. So, just queue it up to the 48 minute. I'm going to give the countdown. So, three, two, one, hit play. Foley and Blake in the car again. Yep. I thought they were going to be partners. Yeah, I don't know what to expect from him, really. <laughs> yeah. Especially Foley. Like, it, he was just kind of like a character. Yeah, that I thought he, maybe he'd take over as commissioner like by the end when I didn't know he was going to die. Yeah. But maybe Gordon would retire or go to his family. And then since John Blake was the new Batman, maybe he would have been the new commissioner or something like that. But nope. 
And the only time we see Batman <laughs> not in the bat. Oh yeah, that's right. Huh? Yeah, right, every time else he goes, he travels in the bat. Yeah. And he never drives a tumbler in the movie in this one. How did he not die from that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Slipping over the bike. Because I always wear a helmet. But it's not going to save him from Batman's punch. <laughs> <laughs> and a perfect spot to end it up. Oh. Every time we get into it, start getting into it, it ends. Yeah. <laughs> Takes us a, like 30 seconds to get <laughs> going. Yeah, yeah, then it's there. like, okay, this, this is really good. And then it's done. It just leaves for suspense for the next episode. <laughs> but um, why don't you tell the good people at home about our future topics for this episode? Yes, I will. And our future topic is going to be scenes from animated Batman slash Justice League TV series or movies we'd like to see translated into live action. And kind of what prompted me to do this was a few weeks ago, or about two weeks ago, we got some new Suicide Squad images, which we'll talk about later. But there was one image that looked almost directly out of an episode from Batman the Animated Series. And that got me thinking, what other like scenes or moments from Batman, Justice League, what I hopefully like to see, and which I think would be cool to be translated into live action in one of the upcoming DC movies because we know there's a lot of them, so there's lots of different opportunities to maybe see some classic moments from the animated series or even animated movies, too. So thought that'd be cool to kind of list some of our favorites. And one that came to mind first on the Suicide Squad theme was I think it'd be kind of cool, not necessarily the same story idea, but mainly like visually and the s- setting of it, is if we get something like from the animated series episode Almost Got Him where you see a bunch of criminals just sitting around playing poker. And I don't know if they're necessarily talking about the times they almost got Batman, but maybe just sharing different stories of their encounters with Batman, maybe twisted around saying how they barely escaped Batman or something like that. But I just think it'd be cool visually to give that episode a nice little nod because it's a classic episode. I mean, almost everyone loves that episode. So to see something like that in live action, maybe where you got, Joker sitting around. Maybe it's, you mean you got Killer Croc in the Suicide Squad movie, and you got I don't know. Maybe you want to throw in Deadshot in there. I think he'd make a good member as <laughs> like as one of the villains playing cards. But I just, just think seeing something like that visually in an upcoming live action movie, I think it'd get a lot of fans geeking out <laughs> if they see that. Maybe not in this Suicide Squad movie, but if it does well, we will get a sequel or I don't know somewhere down the line where you get all these villains together. I think would be pretty cool to see. So that's something that jump to my mind right away and then another one from the animated series and this is something as a batman fan i've been waiting to see in live action for a long time but haven't really gotten it and this, this happens in comics too but the one i'm drawing from is one of my favorite animated series episodes i've used heard many times the appointment in crime alley the very last scene where bruce or i should say batman because it's not bruce that's the big thing i want to see batman actually going to the site of his parents murder leaving the rose there and I don't know if we're going to see Leslie Tompkins in this DC movie universe. I would love it. But if not, if I, I just want to see Batman in that moment. Because we've gotten in Batman 89, the moment with Bruce Wayne going in broad daylight in the middle of, you know, that whole, I don't know if it was City Hall, that whole press event that was going on that the Joker interrupts and he just walks over there. So I want to see it as Batman in at night on the anniversary of his parents' death, really showing how important that is to him and why he's doing what he's doing as Batman. I would love to see that in live action. And I think how they did it in the animated series works so good. I've said it before, I love how that episode ended. And if they want to have Leslie Tompkins there, or even if you want to throw in Alfred, you could. If she's not going to be in their movie universe, you can have Alfred there with them. And just there, Batman doesn't say anything, just sits down, 
puts the rose on there, just like reflecting on what happened. This Alfred maybe puts his arms around him to, as a father would to comfort his, his child as he's just remembering that horrific night. It'd be something really great to see in a Batman movie that I'm, I don't know how it would fit into a story they're planning, but just get that in there somehow. So um, I got some other ones, but those are some of the two that came to mind right away for me. So I don't know. How about you, Dana? Is there any moment from Batman the Animated Series or any of these animated movies that you're hoping to see translate into live action one day? Um, just kind of a generalization. And I don't know if it really counts because it, it doesn't come come from i mean it's not an original animated series or animated movie story but for some reason i just want to see under the red hood uh-huh. like, live action <laughs> i mean if we can't get that and we won't <laughs> i don't know um, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit too later but <laughs> <right>. never know <laughs> um but if we can't get that maybe just that whole jason and, and bruce dynamic where jason feels like Bruce let him down. He didn't go after the Joker. He didn't try to avenge yeah. his death. Maybe something like that. Um, and I know there's rumors that it's uh, it, they, they might do that with the with the um, uh, standalone film, but I mean, who knows, right? right. But I, I, I'd really like to see that. And if they did something like an Under the Red Hood movie, first of yeah. all, if we get a fight sequence like we, they had in that bathroom at the end of that movie, because that was yeah. awesome. But like you said, if some some confrontation that they had where Jason is telling like, why'd you let the Joker live? And then he brings out, he fledged, uh, not he fledged, <laughs> Jared Leto's Joker. And he's like, I'm going to kill him right here in front of you. Or I'm going to make you kill him. Cause that was such a great moment in that movie. So yeah, that'd be awesome to see too. Yeah. Or they could do something like, how, like what, um, Arkham Knight did now. Spoiler alert. If you haven't beaten Arkham Knight, you don't want to listen to this part, but where, um, you know when you're trapped in that underground carnival uh, bat hideaway thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like Jason keeps on appearing to you. Yep. You know, just stuff like that. I I, I just would want to see something like that where maybe Jason isn't technically there, but Bruce is kind of hallucinating. Yeah, where it's like the past is all coming back to him. Like that'd be some different way to do it. Or like flashback sequences or something. Yeah, yeah, because I remember playing through that and it, and it being really, really creepy, like with all the cameras and you know. Oh no, that, sorry, that was the Joker. Um, like just like seeing Jason get or hearing Jason getting beaten, stuff like that. It's like really, really violent and shocking. You know, I, I just want to see something like that. Mm. Yeah, I'd be curious if those rumors do pan out to be true, if they do some adaption of the Red Hood and the death of the family. Like, how would they work with that? Are they going to have flashbacks, like tell a non-linear story like Batman Begins did? Or they're going to do something different, like you were mentioning with the Arkham Knight section and that part, that part where Batman thinks he's seeing Jason and it's like coming back to him. And they'll tell that story in a different way visually. That would be interesting to see how they want to do it. Because at the same time, you kind of want to see that iconic moment from Death yeah. of the Family play out yeah. instead of like kind of a hallucination or a dream sequence, but actually happening. So yeah, it's kind of a hard choice on which way to go because they both could be very effective. Yeah, but like you, I, I just don't know where they would fit that in or how they would fit that into you know a Batman Salon story. I know. It's, I think we're going to get a much better idea of what they're going to do next once after we see Batman v Superman and kind of what the status quo is by the end of that movie where Batman's yeah. at 
kind of get more background of what his history as Batman has been like. So as we could speculate and all these rumors and all this stuff, I think we'll get a much better idea what to expect when we actually see Batman v Superman. It's kind of funny because I got excited a little bit just for a moment. Um, you know, in the trailer when we see the um, the desert Batman, uh, I was like, well, uh, Jason died in yeah. Africa. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a good call, actually. Yeah. Or whatever, you know. Maybe so that'll was, trigger something like a memory. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was like, <laughs> oh, maybe we might see Jason. Yeah, I, we said this before, too, but that sequence in the trailer, that's the one thing where it's like, I, of course, I can't wait for the whole movie, but just so curious about that sequence. Like, what is that involved? What's the background behind that sequence? It's, uh, I can't wait to find out what exactly the context of that whole scene is. Yeah, because it's, it's not only, it doesn't only have that shock factor of Batman during the day. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, that was really weird in Dark Knight Rises, and it, it works in Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in, in the Batman v Superman movie, we also get a daytime Batman, and it's something totally different that we haven't seen before. So, yeah, like you, I'm just curious, like, what is he doing there? Is he, is he trying to take out, like, a race? <laughs> you never know. Uh, I mean, he's in a desert. <laughs> seems like he's there to take out the Superman. Like, is he there to take out those soldiers who look to be like wanting to? I don't think they're working yeah. for Superman, but who have or allegiance to Superman. He's there to take them out, or is, or is he there separately and they discover him and he has to take them down? And yeah, I don't know. But watch the scene gets cut, and we'll never know. <laughs> Just one of those things. <laughs> have to wait for the deleted scene Blu-ray commentary if I cut get cut. <laughs> right. But, yeah, going more towards the Justice League side of stuff, some might want to see, I don't know if it's in an upcoming Suicide Squad or in Justice League, because Amanda Waller, we know, is playing a big role in Suicide Squad, and I'm curious to see if she's going to have a bigger role once the Justice League movie starts rolling out. Like, is she going to be part of the government that wants to do something to protect themselves from the League in case they go bad kind of like her story arc in justice league unlimited and one scene in an episode from justice league unlimited i think would be really cool to see in live action it's from the episode of doomsday sanction it's at the very beginning you just it starts off where amanda waller is just getting up taking a shower getting ready to start her day and as soon as she gets out of the shower she sees batman there i can't remember if he like hands her something that <laughs> she's trying to grab something he hands it there but either way he's there and he just like scares the crap out of her but she's t- she's talking tough to him, and she doesn't let on like he that she's being intimidated by Batman. She's playing it cool, but then as Batman leaves, she starts calling security, and she just looks at her hand and just is shaking. It just starts trembling <laughs> from what Batman told her. It was just such a great moment because you know Amanda Waller. She's the type of character who she doesn't take like nothing from nobody. I mean, they call her the wall, and the fact that even though she didn't let Batman see it, the fact that she, Batman did in fact sent some fear in her and made her intimidate. It was really cool. I just remember that being a standout moment from Justice League Unlimited and the story she played in that whole season. So if we get a scene like that where she's going to be acting all like tough and no nonsense and you not no one really messes with her, but Batman has that effect, especially as we've seen how awesome the Ben Affleck Batman is looking. I mean, if he has a scene that intimidates Amanda Waller, I think that could be really cool to see also. And then too, there, 
I don't, this will be like way down the line, but do you remember the Superman animated series episode Legacy? It was the very last one where he fights Darkseid. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, because the, there was that was a great fight sequence. I mean, this maybe be like Justice League Part Two, or <laughs> if Man of Steel or Superman ever gets his own like solo movie again, if he ever confronts Darkseid, I would love it if they play it like that final animated series episode Legacy did. Because besides for it being a cool fight, and it was set on Apocalypse, Superman actually goes to Apocalypse to confront Darkseid. This is where Darkseid brainwashed him, and he made Superman think that he was his adopted son. But when Superman gets control of himself, and he goes to confront Darkseid, and Superman, he he beats Darkseid. Now, I don't want to say easily, because Darkseid messed him up a little bit too, but at the end of the day, Superman proved that he is a stronger being. But what I loved about that sequence is Superman has him defeated, he picks up his body, kind of like the sequence in Nightfall where Bane has Batman over the city and he throws him off. Superman does that to Darkseid. He just throws him to like all the slaves he has there. And he's all like, you're free now. You do to him what you will. And he just gets shocked when all the slaves just pick up Darkseid and start comforting him or start trying to like mend him, mend his wounds and all that. And it's like saying, we're here for you, master. We'll take care of you. And the Superman is just shocked. And Darkseid just says, like... I am many things, kal but here I am God. Knowing that while Superman beat him, he didn't really achieve what he wanted to, like the free apocalypse and to help those Darkseid had enslaved. So that Darkseid is all powerful on apocalypse and nothing will change his rule on there. So if they bring Darkseid into the DC animated, or not animated, the DC movie universe, and he ends up being the big bad guy, and you would think Superman would be the one to take him down. Maybe it would be the whole Justice League, but I think it would be great if it was just like a one-on-one fight between him and Superman, and if it ended like that, that would be awesome. So, those are some of the other ones, like classic animated moments I'd want to see, and man, I could probably go on forever, Batman the Animated Series stuff, <laughs> I would love to see it on there. Another thing I think would be cool, in that, like the beginning of Over the Edge, where you have the police uh, attack in the Batcave, I think that'd be awesome to see too, because... One thing we haven't seen yet, we've seen the Batcave in a lot of movies, but like a good action sequence in the Batcave, we've yet to see that. And I was kind of hoping we get that in Dark Knight Rises, where Bane fights Batman in the Batcave, like Nightfall. But we didn't, and I still would love to see a cool action sequence in there. And depending how big it is <laughs> in the new uh, Batman movies that we're going to get, if we get a sequence where like the SWAT invades Wayne Manor and goes to the Batcave like in Over the Edge, that can make a pretty awesome action sequence. Or even... Like, I've been beating the drum on to get the Court of Owls in there. If we get the Court of Owls attack or the Talon attack in the Batcave, that would be cool, too. But over the sequence that Over the Edge really stands out. So that would be another cool thing. So, yeah, I, right now it might all be wishful thinking and none of it will happen. But seeing, no, no, none of it will happen. <laughs> yeah, I know. But seeing that Suicide Squad image really made me think, man, what other cool stuff from, like, animated series and movies would be really cool to see in live action. So. <laughs> Until the whole DC movie universe is completed, I'm going to continue to dream and hopefully see some of that stuff. Yeah. Because I'm kind of hoping that, you know, because look at Batman v Superman. It's taking a lot from The Dark Knight Returns. And visually, that shot of Batman and the Lightning is just like that classic shot from Dark Knight Returns. So the ways the directors treat the comic books for reference, I would love it to see some directors treat like those classic animated series as references for stuff because, man, that's... As cool as it is to geek out on those comic moments, I'd geek out even more for those animated series moments. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I have one more 
and it's, it's more towards the Superman side. Uh-huh. Uh, I think in the Justice League animated series, I think they adapted the story. Um, or Justice League Unlimited, I think they had adapted the story. But um, have you read uh, For the Man Who Has Everything? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Batman, Robin, and Wonder Woman are in the story. In the Fortress of Solitude. Uh, what else? Um, Green Lantern's in it, I think. I think it's just them. Um, in, in the animated series, it's just Batman, yeah. Superman, and Wonder Woman. But you're right, in the comic, it's the three of them and Robin. Yeah, yeah. Or was it just and, Robin and not Wonder Woman? I no, I don't think Robin was in the... Um, in the animated series. No, episode, Rob, yeah, but, I don't. I just can't remember if Robin replaced Wonder Woman or Wonder Woman replaced Robin in the TV show, and Robin was the only one in the comic. That I don't remember. No, no. Uh, Wonder Woman replaced Robin in the anime, okay. in, in the TV show, and then. Um, so she wasn't in the, even in the comic. No, no, she was. Okay, that's what I'm confused on. I don't know if it was four of them or just three of them in the comic. Yeah, yeah, but does she have a dream sequence like how uh, Superman does? I want to say no, but that's mainly because in the animated yeah. series she didn't. She just fought uh, Mongol. It's because uh, I think Robin saves saves them all, right? Because he's the one that ends up taking the the black jersey yeah. off of everyone, right? I'm, yeah, you might be right. It's been a while since I read the comic, but yeah, yeah, me too. But uh, <laughs> yeah, j- j- just that whole like. I mean, again, I don't know how they're gonna f- how they, they they would fit this in, yeah. but like j- just like the whole thing where Krypton wasn't destroyed, and you know Superman or Kal El is you know just living his life and as if nothing ever happened, and then you know that that's his ideal, mm-hmm. and then you see uh, Bruce's ideal, which is just as heartbreaking. Yeah, man. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, like. Uh, I would, I think I'd, more than anything, I'd like to see that. Yeah, that would be awesome. And even if they don't specifically do that, where you have the plant that gives them those uh, dream sequences, yeah. even if they just have a cool action sequence in the Fortress of Solitude like that, that would be cool to see also. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a Fortress of Solitude that's fully set up and, you know, with all the Krypton technology in there and maybe a few alien creatures. I mean, that would have to be way down the line because the Man of the Steel. It's not set up at all. I mean, the location's right. there, but... It's, it's just kind of like a important. cave. Yeah. An ice much. cave. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a cool one, too. Yeah, I'd like to see that one. And by the way, did you... I didn't know this, but... Um, did you know that this is... The, the animated series adaptation is the only adaptation of Alan Moore's work that he approves of yeah <laughs> i think i, I didn't even know that, that. Yeah. i'm surprised he look- actually watched it yeah i was looking it up like earlier today and i was like wow he actually approves of yeah, i know i know it's gotta be something pretty special to make him uh, like i said even watch it and consider it but yeah i wonder if it's because i wonder if he's met bruce tim and like the whole crew worked on that or maybe he was a fan of the animated series and knew they'd do a good job with this story but yeah but maybe it's the fact that bruce tim gets this or exactly. gets the story and gets comic books i know not, not like that terrible watchman adaptation i don't know if you saw that one but yeah i just actually did see it not too long ago i liked it though but this, this is coming from someone who watched oh, the movie yeah. first before i uh, i remember i told you this i actually 
watched slash read the motion comic of watching. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but and, and that was good. The the the, mo- the motion comic. It wasn't horrible. I mean, I've always been against reading, <laughs> watching motion comics. It doesn't too cheesy to me, but yeah. at the same time, it was on YouTube, so I might as well. I guess watch it. <laughs> watch it, get the comic experience too. So voice acting was some of it was good, some of it was bad. I mean, it's always weird when you have male narrators doing the female character voices. <laughs> so, for Silk Spectre, she didn't sound that great. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> well, that's uh, with even some audiobooks too. I mean, it sounds funny when you first hear, it, but then you just get used to it the more you listen to it. I guess so, but I don't know. It's just. I mean, I, I'm afraid that with with Watchmen, I'm kind of like that irritating person that's like, you should have read the book. The book is much better <laughs> because like in this case, the, the comic book is a lot better than the movie was. Yeah, I, from reading, watching it first, and then yeah, slash watching the motion comic, I thought, man, he really did a good job as far as capturing and being faithful to the adaptation. I know the whole ending changes you know up for debate on what is better but i i thought he did a good job capturing it and what he could with the even the three hour three and a half hour extended cut <laughs> version yeah. so i mean it's all right it's just i don't know it's like there's only a set amount of time there's a lot of characters and you barely get to know all of the characters yeah so yeah, it was hard. I mean, like we said, it was the unfilmable comic book <laughs> oh, yeah. adapted to a movie. So this it might be the best you're going to get, though. It's, yeah. I mean, in an ideal world, <laughs> this should have been um, at least two movies. Yeah, it's what they do now. They probably would have done it easily. Like the, yeah, yeah. But then they would have had to tone it down to get a PG-13 rating. Yeah. So yeah. they could have money to get <laughs> second <laughs> to make the next one. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, at least it's better than that um, League of Extraordinary Men. Oh, man. I've never seen that, I mean, but I heard it's so maybe. bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Sean Connery said no to... Um, was it Gandalf? I think he said no to. Was it Gandalf then, or The Matrix? Wasn't it, was it, was it, it was either Gandalf or The Matrix. Yeah. I, I can't remember which one. And then he realized that all these movies make a lot of money. <laughs> And he did one that didn't. <laughs> and it was awful. <laughs> yep. I heard they're trying to reboot that, too, which is not Oh, surprising. don't. <laughs> Just don't. Maybe as a TV series. Yeah, that would probably work better, actually. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I guess before we move off the wait, wait, can, sequence wait, we like to see. Wait, can, can oh. I say, um, have you seen the V for, for uh, Vendetta? Uh, that I've never seen. Uh, oh, yeah, I me just neither. remember when Natalie Portman was doing the press junkets for revenge of the sith that's why she had her head shaved for all those inter- interviews and press stuff oh. oh so she she did uh v for vendetta right after she got finished with uh episode uh, three. Yeah, yeah episode three yep so i'm going why why is her head why did she shave her head <laughs> <laughs> well it's just again halfway yeah that's right she, that's she right. shaved her head for uh Late, what movie was it? Les Miserables, was it? Oh, yeah, Les Miserables. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to close out because Corbin sent us a tweet with a moment he'd like to see adapted. He said, it would be awesome if Batman vs. Superman 
Let me read that again. It would be awesome if BVS had the same story as Batman and the Superman meeting in the animated universe, trying to figure out each other's identity, and then Bruce stealing a date with Lois. Awesome. Yeah, when he said that, I thought, yeah, that would be cool if they found out each other's identities the way they do in that animated movie, where Superman just peeks through Batman's cow and finds out it's Bruce Wayne, and then Batman slips a tracer on him. And Superman's going back to his apartment, puts his glasses on as Clark Kent. <laughs> and as he takes his cape off, he sees a little bat uh, tracer on there. Then he looks out, he sees Batman from a far distance looking <laughs> at his apartment with the binoculars. And he just gives like a salute to him and just takes off. That, that was a really cool moment. I remember seeing that for the first time back in like 97 <laughs> when those episodes first aired. So, you know, they have to find out each other's, their identities some point during Batman v Superman, I would think. If they did it anyway like that, where Batman's kind of outsmarting Superman and just, you know, just showing that, like, you got me, but I'm going to one-up you and do the same thing. <laughs> Something like that. I think that'd be cool. But I guess that'll do it for this future topic. So, again, wishful thinking, but hopefully some of it will come true by the time all these movies come out by 2020, I think. <laughs> <laughs> or what if they end uh, Batman v Superman or maybe even the the standalone movie um like uh the the dark Knight returns ends you mean the actual comic or like the animated movies where they split it like uh the the, the actual comic okay. where where you see like or you think bruce died but then you see a little or you, you see clark look back and mm. you can hear the heartbeat no i hope they don't do any Batman or Bruce dies thing because first of all we saw it in the Dark Knight Rises already <laughs> and then secondly this time for some more wishful thinking <laughs> if this whole DC movie universe is successful and let's say they're done with this first phase of movies and they want to move on to something different I'm hoping to get a Batman Beyond movie <laughs> so where we know Bruce Wayne would be alive and he'd be like the Bruce Wayne we see in the animated series so I don't want to see like any fake deaths and stuff like that so. <laughs> <laughs> fake deaths um so yeah i guess we can move on to our uh our news i mean we have three things uh the first one is uh the suicide squad images and the um empire covers yeah so the image that sparked the whole feature topic with animated series and movie sequences we like to see in live action was from that one image of joker and harley talking to each other with he's in the straight jacket they're in a cell she's in her like psychiatrist doctor coat and outfit i mean she looks almost exactly like harley quinn did in mad love and well joker of course looks different it's, i just love seeing that image of her just talking to the joker as his doctor and who knows what they're talking about in that sequence but i can only imagine what stuff they might be saying to her and kind of poisoning her mind like we you know he did in mad love telling her lies that she thinks is the truth and getting uh, sympathy from her and all that. So that image was really cool to see. I mean, seeing that in live action, like finally getting the Joker and Harley. And I said this before with those, some of those set videos, but to see that actual image, knowing they're taking that inspiration from her or even their animated series origin, which is really cool. So that was the image that stuck out to me. You know what? After all these images and everything, you know what's starting to grow on me? What's that? Will Smith. I don't know why. Like, because <laughs> his his last couple movies were crap. <laughs> yeah, I haven't Earth seen one. him, but I've heard they were. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he he looks really really good as Deadshot. 
Yeah, I think just his personality too is gonna fit the character of Deadshot really good too. Yeah, and he seems like he's a, he he's more of an older, more experienced kind of guy. Yeah. But what do you think of the new one of the covers that had the Joker on there? I mean, that's one of our better shots yet of him fully in his the costume he'll be wearing at least for some parts of the movie. Uh, I I didn't really like the the uh, the cover, but I liked uh, that sort of picture of. Uh, Harley and, and Joker sitting at the table where he's in the straight jacket. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. Because it, I mean, if you look at uh, uh, Jared Leto's face, it's like, I don't know, he has like a weird look on his face. Yeah, you're it's right. Like, he, like, like, look at his eyes. It looks like he's dead. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just part of the whole being intrigued and just can't wait to see his performance and interpretation of the Joker because, you know, we all know what Heath Ledger did. I'm just hoping he gives something as different but yet as memorable as Heath Ledger's was so yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's nothing to be excited for about the movie but for the cover of the Joker with him on there I like that he has the purple jacket or the purple trench coat but the only thing that drew me off was like looks like he's wearing sweatpants or something <laughs> and I still wish he'd wear a shirt though the whole non-shirt thing is a little, taking me a little bit to get used to with this type of Joker but I like that he has a cane it reminded me of some of the old classic 70s joker where he always had that cane and his trench coat and his hat and suit and stuff so certain things i like about it and certain things i'm still trying to get used to and it's yeah, good that and I, the I, cover the tattoos a little bit too <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like the um i don't know ever since i first saw it the the Har- harley that a picture of harley where she's she has like the bed sheets tied to the top of her cage and yeah. she's sort of like dancing I don't know. There, there's something just cool about that. I yeah. don't know why. <laughs> yeah, it just it's Harley. I mean, it just fits yeah. the character that we've come to know and love over the years. So it's like the so job. This is really surprising me because I didn't really expect to like the Suicide Squad movie, but everything I've seen so far, like the trailer, all these pictures. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to really, really get interested in. It. Yeah, and hopefully they could pull it off, and you know, to be successful, where we can get more movies with. Not just a Suicide Squad, but have it be kind of, you know, that rotating roster of members. And by the sequel, you get new members and characters in there because, you know, some of them are going to get killed off. And, oh, yeah, I just brought this up. Do you still watch The Flash? No, I don't. Okay, because in this, like, two episodes ago, they actually had King Shark on there who, you know, was part of the Suicide Squad in the new 52 Right. Uh, first run and they actually pulled him off pretty good I and mean, he was all cg but he was like a full-on shark monster and for a tv budget it actually looked pretty darn good i mean he's only in like the final sequence of the episode so they couldn't do much with him because i i'm sure they don't have a budget to do a whole episode around the king shark but he, if they pulled it off on tv it'd be kind of cool to see him in a movie too so that's kind of where i was going where if they get a sequel they can bring in these other characters like king shark and he'd actually i think be be pulled off pretty well. If they were doing it on a TV show, I can't imagine <laughs> what they could do in a movie. So, yeah, hopefully it is successful because I'm liking what I'm seeing too. Yeah. Hey, by the way, how's how's the uh, Supergirl show? It was really good. I like it a lot. Really? I like it a lot, actually. There's your typical, you know, yeah. sitcom stuff. That, <laughs> there's characters that annoy you and I, but the, the Supergirl is really cool in it. I like what they're doing with how Jimmy Olsen's kind of her mentor a little bit and her history with Krypton that they're bringing into the show. The one thing that bugs me about it, about it though, is I knew it going in, and I just kind of have to get used to it. 
like how come Superman is not there like helping her, you know, training her to use her powers and to help her adapt to being a hero and stuff. That's the one thing I guess be like, where is he? <laughs> how come he's not helping her? Hopefully there's a reason for it later on because I think by the end of season one, we'll probably see him in like the final scene or something like that. And maybe he'll play a bigger role in season season two. But other than that, the, the story or just the whole series in general, I like it a lot. They're doing a good job. I'm surprised because like after that extended trailer thing, it's kind of turned off because it, 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 it just seemed campy. Yeah, the trailer did have that feel to it. And like I said, there are moments like that where it is, you know, kind of has that campy feel to it. But yeah. for the most part, I think that they're doing a good job. The effects on it are really good, too, so far. Really? Yeah. I mean, it used to, <laughs> like, some of the Smallville effects, <laughs> stuff that don't hold up and look too good. <laughs> but these ones in Supergirl, they like to look really good. That's good. I mean, is it, um, is it serialized or is it Villain of the Week, kind of like the other Well, the DC first two shows? episodes... There were it was a villain of the week thing, but the over, it is serialized where there is an overarching story where there's a reason they're bringing out these different villains because it's like almost a, a prison, it's pretty much like the Phantom Zone. A bunch of aliens that were held captive in there got released on Earth, mm. and one of spoiler alert for those who haven't seen the episode, the main antagonist for this first season so far anyway is uh, Supergirl's aunt who was locked up there too, so she has powers and. Uh, we're going to see what her end game is, but can't imagine it's not going to go well. Even if she does take out Supergirl, I mean, you just know Superman's going to come <laughs> and deal with yeah. it. So stuff like that, where you, you, they might have to get creative in explaining why Superman's not going to be that much of a factor in this. So, but yeah, like I said, right now, the first two episodes, they're doing a good job. I like the story that they're telling so far and just her adapting to being a superhero and, you know, living up to the expectations that yeah. people expect for her being Superman's cousin. Cause that, that was one thing I liked in the sub- second episode. She tries to do things to help people, but they're all, you know, Superman would have had this fire out by now, or Superman wouldn't have made a mess of this thing. She's messing up as she's going along and she's hearing it from people saying, you know, you're not Superman just yet and all that. So the learning aspect of her coming to be a superhero is pretty cool. And how is, um, I'm sorry, I forget her name. Uh, is it Melissa Benoist or something? Yeah. Uh, is she is she good as uh, Carol? She's, yeah, she's really good actually. I mean, hmm. I never seen her in anything before. I know she was on Glee, but I never watched Glee, yeah. so this is my first exposure. Really, Tim? That was the greatest show. <laughs> Shocking, I know. <laughs> but yeah, she's done a really good job. Hmm. That's good. I don't know. I'm still not into it, but hopefully. <laughs> yeah, it'll be something to check out. Right now, it's among the better of the superhero shows right now. Arrow's fallen to the bottom for me, unfortunately. This season has Why? been that great. Why? I just, I don't, I'm not getting into the overall arcing story that they have going on here. The main villain, I don't know what his end game is yet. I mean, he's been a, appearing in every episode, but I really don't know what his goal and his plan is besides you know the generic destroyed star city and all that and oliver is not the main focus it seems like there, there's too many i guess characters teaming up with him now where he's not the main focus like he was in the first two seasons so right unfortunately that's gone down a little bit but remember two weeks ago where i made my rant about gotham that's <laughs> actually picked up a little bit for me now so gotham is a show that has its ups 
and it has its way down. <laughs> and right now it's on an upward pace. I'm kind of liking the overarching story they have there for this season a lot better than season one and yeah. kind of getting that bad Joker taste out of my mouth. <laughs> so <laughs> that's gotten a little better. And, so so in, in, um, in Arrow, are they still doing the flashbacks to... I think the last time I saw or watched an episode, I think that was the end of season two mm-hmm. or the beginning of season three. Uh, so are yeah. they still doing the flashbacks to Hong Kong? No, that that was just a season three thing. He's back okay. on the island now for season four. He's kind of infiltrating a like a military militia group that's on the island. He's there for Amanda Waller trying to find out what they're doing and report back to her so he's pretending to be a soldier on the island and okay so he was in hong kong but now he's back on the yeah. island working for amanda waller yep and they only have one more year left of flashbacks where he's on the island because after season five he gets off the island because that's five <laughs> years so if the show lasts that long i'm curious yeah. what they're gonna do about the flashbacks after that they used to be my favorite part of the show yeah, uh, the man, flashbacks. Second season, especially that was really good <laughs> with the whole Slade and Mirakuru stuff. Yeah, yeah. What, what was the uh, the girl's name? Um, Sarah. The, no, 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 no. The um. Oh, the one uh, uh, Slade and Oliver both like. Yeah, the one that died. Oh yeah, Shadow. Shadow. Yeah, Shadow. Yeah, yeah. She she was like my favorite character for a little bit, you know, uh, <laughs> because I mean she she had. A, it was one of those things where she she didn't really do anything on screen, but you hear about it off screen. Yeah, sort of thing. So, did you see the season three episode where he met uh, her twin sister? Oh my god! <laughs> it's like one of those teases for like the next episode preview where you see all of them like show yeah. and you wonder, oh, is she alive? How did she survive? <laughs> oh, it's a twin sister. <laughs> she just so happens to have a twin sister that she never mentioned before, and was in Hong Kong when Oliver was there. <laughs> Well, whatever. Yeah, so I guess that's my superhero TV show recap. <laughs> so if I had to rank him right now, it would be Flash, still my favorite. And actually, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that's my second. That's got a big improvement over its first season. <laughs> second season was really good, and now this season continued to be good. So I'd go those two, and then it used to be Arrow, but not anymore. <laughs> I think right now I'd go with... Uh, it's too early because it's only two episodes, but I'll go Supergirl then Gotham, and then Arrow. I never thought Arrow would be on the bottom of my favorites right now. Yeah, what happened? Hey, that's what I want to know. <laughs> At least to so, get back in that top spot. Cause it was so so is, uh, is Oliver still with... Um, who is he uh, with? Felicity. That's That was one of my yeah, big Felicity. problems with season yeah. three. It just felt so forced. And just like the showrunners catering to fans and those people who like to... Well, I think the term is shit people. That's how... Yeah. I guess out of date I am now. <laughs> I'm not being familiar with the terms, but everyone was clamoring for that. So it's like they caved in. It just I just don't buy it at all. It's also he's still with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. It just seems really forced. Yeah, but you would think that once they get that out of the way, you know, it, it really wouldn't be a major storyline. Like he would come home and be like, "Oh, hey, Felicity." Yeah, it's not so much a main storyline this season, but still, I mean. I just don't. I don't think that relationship works at all. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, because it was so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they're avoiding the um, the La- the Lana and Clark 
thing <laughs> Smallville. That, that was my biggest knock on that show. Oh, yeah. I could last it so long, too. <laughs> yeah, and you know they're not going to get together yep. again. So it's like... It's kind of the same thing with Oliver and Felicity. I mean, you know yeah. he's supposed to be with the Black Canary, so... Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, I guess we can move on to our next piece of news, which is a rumor that... Red Hood will play a major role in the DC Extended Universe, right? (laughs) (laughs) I think that is the official term, yes. (laughs) In the DC live-action film universe. Yeah, so we talked about this when we were talking about Under the Red Hood for being adapted to live-action from the animated movie. But yeah, I mean, I think it'd be cool to see it, but I don't know if it's the right story to do right away is for the first Ben Affleck Batman movie because I mean I guess it can be in a way because if you want to establish the Robins and that whole aspect of Batman it can be good but then it begs, begs the question too as this report was saying who is the Red Hood going to be because remember those rumors where it might be the Robin who dies in this movie universe is Dick Grayson and not Jason Todd because that's who audiences are most familiar with as Robin Dick Grayson so if he dies it'd be more of like a Got punched to the audience, so to speak, where to think, oh man, Dick Grayson's dead, and I don't know. But yeah. this report saying that Nightwing's supposed to be in it, and he might be mentioned in Batman v Superman. So who knows which one's going to be accurate? But I will say, if they are going to do Under the Red Hood, I would like it to be where you know, just stick with how it is in the comics, Jason Todd, and have Dick Grayson be there as Nightwing. Well, he, here's why I think that this is just purely a rumor. It's because if you think about it, this is the story of Arkham Knight. Huh, it really is. Yeah, It's almost the same thing where Jason is kind of, you know, following Bruce around and, you know, leaving him ominous messages and, you know, exposing him to hallucinogenic drugs Mm -hmm. where, you know, he, he thinks he sees Barbara get shot. Um, it, it, it just sounds like somebody took part of the plot of Arkham Knight and tried to connect it with this movie. (laughs) That's a good call, actually, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the more I keep on hearing about it, the more I I see it everywhere, and people saying that they know for sure 100% that this is going to happen, it sounds like Arkham Knight to me. (laughs) Yeah, another thing in that report, too, um, that was saying how Red Hood is going to kind of make Batman look like a criminal and frame them for stuff. And I don't, it seems like, is that really going to be that effective? Because at least from the few lines of dialogue we got from the Batman v Superman trailer, it seems like Batman is not, is not going to be viewed as a hero in this universe just yet. Or maybe that's just a metropolis way of thinking. That's why I kind of say we have to wait to see what the state of everything is once we see Batman v Superman. But he's probably not going to, people probably think he's already a criminal. So I don't know how framing him is really going to, make that effective of a story for a first solo Batman movie. So I don't know. Maybe it's because I still want to see the court of owls adapted first. (laughs) I'm a little not too keen on seeing the red hood, even though I think it would be cool if they do it right. So I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah. And it could be that it's just because Arkham, I, you know, I played Arkham Knight that I'm thinking this. Yeah. Might be something that's a little too fresh too. (laughs) Like the story that we've got already. But and, it kind of does feel like that. I mean, I'm sorry, but I no, just no, have to admit right. that, yeah. 
I wonder too if they're doing it. If it's going to be like a competition with the whole Marvel thing, what they did with Captain America and the Winter Soldier, with it's, it's almost the same thing. Bucky coming back as a Winter Soldier, and when a right. captain thinks he's dead and all that. So I don't know if they want to do something like to tell their own version of that, the first story of the like the lost sidekick coming back. So I don't know. I know a lot of people are clamoring for a Red Hood to show up in live action, so maybe they realize this is what fans want to see, and that's the first route they're going to go. But I don't know. It would be curious to see if they do go that route, because I'm not sure if that is the best way to go for the first solo Batman movie. And who knows? It might turn out great, or it was the perfect story to adapt. So we'll have to wait and see. Hey, the guy that uh, had cancer and wanted to see The Force Awakens. Yeah, you saw it. Got to see it. Yeah, that was awesome. That's cool. Yeah, they didn't even show him like a final cut or anything. It was just what they had, an unedited version. So he's probably yeah. going to see some stuff that we won't see. Well, I mean, they're pretty close, right? Yeah. To finish it, having a final cut. So. But no, that's awesome that they did that, though. Yeah, I didn't think they were going to do it. I kind of had a feeling they would because JJ did the same thing for someone who, when Star Trek Into Darkness came out. Yeah. So if he did that for that fan, I had a feeling he would do it for this fan, too. So. Glad oh yeah, that's right. And, and Disney Disney does that a lot too, because the, I I know for a fact they did that for Up. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was this girl that was dying. So, man, you got to be pretty like I don't know, greedy and <laughs> mean not to do that for someone who wants to see a movie before. Yeah, especially a kid. I mean, yeah. a kid that has you know cancer. It's like, how can you say no? But exactly, I know. Or even a guy that, like a a man who has cancer is like, how can you say no? I mean, what do you think he's gonna go on the internet and tell everybody about it? I know, really, <laughs> detail about it. So that's good that he got to see it. Yeah, I I do wonder though. I, they probably did make him sign some, you know. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Stuff. Or at least his wife. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. He got to see it. Yeah, that's cool. A lot of the cats like rallied around him too and started tweeting about it like John Boyega and Mark Hamill even too yeah. but anyway um, <laughs> good feel good story yeah that's good I, I'm, I'm glad he got to see it yeah totally I'm really jealous but <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm glad he got to see it anyway um, and finally our last story is a bit of a downer uh, the Batmobile creator died yeah, George Barris, who designed the 1966 Batmobile, passed away, which, you know me, how the 1989 Batmobile is my all-time favorite, but it's hard, as campy as the 66 show was, it's hard to knock the Batmobile. It's still a pretty awesome design, <laughs> and it might actually might be my second out of all the movie ones. It's pretty up there, but I don't know. What does it ring for you, Dane, out of all the Batmobiles, that we, the live-action ones that we've seen? Well, you see, here's the thing. The the '66 Batmobile, or yeah, yeah, the the Batmobile is it's pretty much just a car with a Batman logo on it. Um, so that's not my favorite. Whereas you know, like '89, it looks like this some exotic looking thing. Yeah, you know, you, you got the tumbler, and then you got whatever they're they're going to be calling this new one, the 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 Ben Affleck one. Um, so, I mean, it's a, it, it's a really nice design. I'll give him that, but I'm still an 89 fan, Tim. Yeah, I'm sorry. On. You can't <laughs> <talk> that. <laughs> you just can't. I'm sorry. 
You just can't. But um, yeah, he did create an awesome design though for that series, and it yeah, still holds up when you look at it. Yeah, it does. And is is that the one that you can drive actually drive on the road? I believe so. That that that's street legal. <laughs> yeah, because I know I've seen some like videos and stuff of people driving it to like different functions or even like I know it's to someone who got married <laughs> like drove up and not that mobile. Yeah, I don't think he can drive the tumbler on the road. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> but anyway, um, I guess we can move on to a conversation with Alex slash listener feedback slash tweets. <laughs> slash post comments. Post comments. <laughs> it's titled yeah, getting longer and longer. Yeah, we just got to extend it more and more. Uh, did you want to read Alex's email, Tim? Let me pull it up and I'll go ahead and read it. All right. Because someone didn't send it to me early. <laughs> well, I just got it today. All right, all right. All right. He says, Dear Alex, today I went to the grocery store and noticed Jeannie in the aisle. She smiled at me. I smiled back at her. She's so pretty. I don't know how this is going to work, guys. If anyone ever read these emails, they'd probably think I'm absolutely insane writing to your podcast if you named it Alex. <laughs> It'll probably seem like a really weird diary entry at first, but then when I get to the question segment, they'll probably think I'm certifiable. Oh wait, do you write Dear Diary or Dear Your Name? Whatever, I think the joke stands. <laughs> yeah, do you? Like, I've never kept a diary, but like, it, it, is it like, Dear Tim, I had today... To- I went to the bank and stood in line for an hour and 45 minutes just to make one deposit. <laughs> <laughs> I had to keep a diary for like when I was in fourth grade or something like that for school. Yeah. It didn't last that long. <laughs> I don't remember how I started it. It might have been the Dear Diary way. Or I just skipped that and just said, today I did this or today no. it was like this. <laughs> so, yeah. Or Dear Book That I'm Forced to Write In. Yeah. <laughs> dear Annoying School Project. Yeah. <laughs> But he I remember, goes, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I remember I had to do that for um, an English class in high school. Mm. And um, we were supposed to write about the, uh, a book of our choice that we we read on a daily basis. So it was pretty much a log of um, what you read. And so, like, I didn't feel like reading a book. So what I did was I picked, like, the most weird uh, sort of crazy book obscure book that i could find and just made stuff up about it <laughs> you can just base it off comics i was thinking you could do batman comics every day <laughs> no because i mean it had to be like a novel and i was thinking maybe i should just do one that i had to read for school like catcher in the rye or the hobbit or um you know star to wars mo- book to kill a mockingbird <laughs> or something but I don't know. Like, I just picked, like, the most random book, read the back of the book, (laughs) (laughs) the uh, synopsis or whatever you want to call it, and just made stuff up about it. So what was your grade? I got got a B on it, so I I did pretty good. (laughs) Not bad. Yeah. We're just reading the back of a synopsis for a book. (laughs) And just making stuff up. (laughs) Uh, Dane, such a role model for young students. (laughs) But Alex continues, he says, Anyway, I was glad to hear that you guys enjoyed the Star Wars trailer. I was surprised to hear 
that Tim put the Batman v Superman trailer above it, but I can't really argue since they are both great. I'm still surprised I did that too, but I'll stand by it. <laughs> As to the Nevermind slash In Utero comparison, that's way tougher for me to choose than the movie trailer since music is a lot more personal. I agree with you both putting In Utero over Nevermind. I love them both, so it's really tough. When it comes to Weezer, Pinkerton was the only Weezer album that I listened to fully, so I can't say if it's better than the first album. Yes, it is, Alex. I can let you say that. No, it's not. <laughs> I remember it being pretty depressing, but maybe I wasn't in the right mindset to appreciate it. It was really interesting hearing you guys talk about it, talk about the more technical aspects of the songs. I wish I knew how to talk that passionately about music. And his questions. What would you say are the must-listen-to albums of the 90s? Well, I could list off my favorite albums from my favorite bands from that decade, so it would be... Obviously, Pinkerton from Weezer, <laughs> In Utero from Nirvana. I would say Color in the Shape from the Foo Fighters, and Transistor from 311. And I don't think the Beatles had an album in the 90s, so... <laughs> well, maybe the anthology records. So I remember I listened to those a lot when those came out. But those, I guess those would be my picks. Yeah. What about, what about you, Dane? Yeah, I'd say the Blue Album. And I'd say... Uh, the first album from uh, Sunny Day Real Estate Diary. Okay. Uh, I never really got into them. I, I hear they're good, though. I know yeah, I, they're playing the drummer who are the Foo Fighters. In the oh, yeah, years, right. So. <laughs> um, and I I guess I'd say their second LP. Uh, I think it's called 2LP. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like the number two in this LP? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pink. You can't miss it. Okay. <laughs> um <laughs> Hmm. 90s music. Yeah, and I guess that's it. Uh, I mean, I don't really listen to anything from the 90s. Yeah, we don't want to go to the pop era, <laughs> like 90s pop music. Oh, maybe like the first Backstreet Boys. Yeah. Is that in the 90s? <laughs> yes, it was. I think it was, yeah. Like, like late 90s. Oh, what are you talking guys, about? Um, vanilla Ice. <laughs> oh, yeah, Vanilla Ice. Or was he in the 80s? I think it was early 90s, like 90s, oh, 90s. something like that. Um. Uh, the the green album. That was, was two, green album. That was 2001. Oh, dang it. <laughs> Weezer only had two albums uh, in the 90s. Uh, Jimmy Eat World's Clarity. That was a really good album. I always, I always remember Jimmy Eat World. I know they got big in like 2000, 2001. Yeah. So I always consider them like that decade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the, uh, the, I think that's uh, Jimmy Eat World's second album. Okay. And I just realized all the albums I picked are emo albums. (laughs) (laughs) Blue Album, Sunny Day Real Estate, Diary, and uh, Second LP, and Jimmy Eat World's uh, Clarity. (laughs) (laughs) Emo is a term that I know kind of has a bad like bad name to it. I know for a lot of bands that I don't like are considered emo bands, but then you know Weezer is considered. I guess some type emo, which I don't really consider it, but if they are, well, I like Have Weezer, you listened so I to guess. Pinkerton? Have you listened to Pinkerton? <laughs> I know, but this time. about Love Lost? Uh, I know. I know. I just, I just don't like that term because there's so many bands I don't like that have that label on them. I don't like Weezer having that label. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, also, I forgot to mention uh, Fugazi's first album. That was, that's one of my favorite albums. Okay. Yeah. Kind of an emo band. <laughs> <laughs> Just another one to put on there. 
I mean, e- emo was good for a little bit, and then it just became popularized like punk. Yeah, I don't know if I'd even call that punk. <laughs> no, 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 I meant like punk was good, and then oh, it just okay. turned like, and then you wind up with Good Charlotte, you know? Yeah, like I said, the music the or the genres of music always had their ups and downs. Yeah, but then still on the music topic, Alex acts. Did I say Alex Axe? <laughs> Alex axed the wood <laughs> that he was going to cut. <laughs> oh, that's what he has to write in his diary. <laughs> By uh, Sunny Day Real Estate. Yeah. <laughs> Alex asks his second question, saying, who are your all-time favorite vocalists? Dane, I'll let you go first on that one. I'll put you on the spot. Um... Uh, Britney Spears <laughs> has to be my favorite of all time. Because all uh, those pop singers, they don't use like studio equipment and auto tune ne- to never. make their voice sound better. <laughs> have you not heard the Britney Spears acoustic album? <laughs> Does she really have one? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> um, who are my favorite all-time favorite vocalists? Uh... Damn, that's a tough one. <laughs> Damn it, Alex. Uh, I don't know. You go first. Okay. <laughs> I tried to put the pressure on you, and you couldn't handle it. <laughs> no, I couldn't. I couldn't handle the the Alex pressure. Of course, you know some of my favorite bands that I've listed. Obviously, like those singers, I like the style of their voice. But as far as I think, who's the most talented? I think I'm going to go probably. I think the greatest, Paul McCartney. The way he, he could, you know, belt out and scream in songs like Helter Skelter. And then he writes these soft, like great, like love songs like "Yesterday" and "I Will," or <laughs> just so soft and mellow. The range he has for that is just awesome. And I think, on that same example, in more of a modern era, I'd say Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park. The way he's able to scream out and yell, and then have some softer songs too. He, I always kind of consider like the more modern Paul McCartney vocal range. So those are two who I think, talent-wise, probably have the most or the best vocals. Still thinking, Dane. <laughs> oh, Those two oh, shorts. No, no, I didn't even know you're done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, probably, uh, probably Robert Plant. I don't think there's any other vocalist like him, yeah, and there that, never will be. Yeah, I got to throw Freddie Mercury in there too. Oh yeah, Freddie Mercury. Yeah. The guy had like a seven octave voice. <laughs> this is crazy. That's why yeah. I was like so surprised. Queen, like the remaining members, wanted to go back on tour and get another singer. It's like really, <laughs> I don't think you yeah. can do that. Or any of the the um, band members in Queen because he wasn't the only vocalist. I think their drummer hit the high notes. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. he was the main one. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Robert Plant. I'd probably say. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna surprise you, Tim. All right. Oh, here we go. I'm gonna surprise you, Dave Grohl. I think Dave Grohl wow. is a good vocalist. <laughs> I'm not sure about his music, but I think he he sings the song really well. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, since Foo Fighters is one of my favorite bands, it's kind yeah. of obvious I would like his voice. But yeah, the way he's able to—I just love it when he screams out. His rockers are my favorite Foo Fighters song. <laughs> it's a song that's just him screaming. <laughs> like he's probably my favorite screamer. Yeah, I am. And I'd probably say now. He's not really known for singing really nicely, but I just love his voice. Iggy Pop. I don't know. 
I mean, like his solo stuff is good. The, the stuff really? with the Stooges is, is really good. Yeah. yeah. I've never really listened to much of his stuff. It's like he's ripping off. Uh, oh, what was the guy's name? For, uh, Jim Jim Morrison, but like, I don't know. It's just more of a punk feel. So yeah, he's not really known for singing nicely, but E pop. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a choice I wouldn't have suspected. Yeah. Um. So so yeah, that's it from Alex. Thank you, Alex, for sending in your email. You always stump us for some reason. <laughs> um, These are good ones, though. I always love talking music. So yeah, it's it's always well, it's always good questions. Tim. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, I'm sorry. That's true. Yeah, we love you, Alex, and we are going to name our show Alex, even if it makes you seem weird to people that you tell <laughs> <laughs> about this show. Um, hey, Alex, what can... podcast are you listening to? Oh, Alex. Alex. <laughs> what is that, like, you talking to yourself? It's like, no, no, it's these two guys that I've never met <laughs> named their podcast Alex. Um, but now we can move on to uh, Mark's email, Marie Mark's email. He says, hey, Dan and Tim, fellow bad fans. It has been eat. <laughs> I was going to say, it's been eating news. Um, (laughs) We both can't talk tonight, Dave. I guess not. It has been exciting news for Batman v Superman this week and the Suicide Squad. The solo Batman rumors really have me excited. Uh, I'm honestly indifferent toward Red Hood, but the rumors of Dick Grayson slash Nightwing have me very excited. My dog is, is also happy about this rumor. He is also a bad fan, but he wants to kill the Joker's daughter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I would love to know the reason behind that, Mark. <laughs> um, what's her name? Katrina? Oh, no, no, no. That, that, that's uh, Catgirl. Oh. What's, uh, that, yeah, Cat? that was... Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't remember her real name. Because I... Yeah. I'm trying to remember... If I did read her first appearance in the New 52, I don't remember it at all. That's how unmemorable it was. Yeah. What's Riddler's daughter's name? Yeah, I don't remember that either. Me neither. <laughs> they just got to call them by their slash villain name. Joker daughter, cat girl. Riddler's daughter. Riddler's daughter. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, I remember I, her name. Oh, what is it? It was uh, Dula Dent. Oh, right, right. How, how can you forget that? Because she's not Dula. a good character, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Dula Dent. What's his wife's name? Uh Darn it! I'm, why can't I remember this from the long? Is it like Marla or something? <laughs> talking about Harvey Dent's wife, right? Yeah, Harvey Dent's when, wife. Uh, yeah, from the, I remember, the Long Halloween. I remember his fiance from the animated series, named Grace, but I know it's a different character. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, what's her name? You know what? I gotta look it up. I'm sorry, Tim. <laughs> no, go for it. <laughs> Hold on one See, second. I'm able to remember. Joker's daughter's name, but not Harvey Dent's wife in the long haul. Yeah. One of the greatest Batman stories out there. Um, dang, what's her name, Tim? <laughs> uh, Should I go pull out the long Halloween real quick? <laughs> Gilda. That's it, yeah. Gilda Dent. Okay. She ends up being the killer. Spoiler, Spoiler alert. Spoiler, dang. <laughs> <laughs> but Mark's, uh, Mark goes on to say, thought I'd share that with y'all. Anyways, there has been much debate about the validity of this rumor, but the real story really surrounds around Dick Grayson. Most people do believe he'll 
Uh, most people do believe he'll be in the movies and that he is alive. One rumor is Scott Eastwood is playing him in Suicide Squad. I'm down with this. I think if the DCEU has decoration dead in the new universe, they're making a huge mistake. They'll be severely limiting their ability to tell real Batman stories. Does the Esquire shots of the Suicide Squad have have you excited for the move the movie? Tim? No, I'm not seeing it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it turned me off. <laughs> he says, I found it interesting that the Enchantress had one of the four main photos. Wonder if she is a major player in the movie. And I believe the article states she isn't tied to the Suicide Squad or Waller. This could make her dangerous. I actually heard a rumor, too, where it might be she ends up being, like, the I don't want to say the main bad guy, but the one they have to take out at the end where she's the main threat, so... I don't know. We'll see if that plays out. But like you said, if saying that she's not tied to Waller or the Suicide Squad, maybe she just shows up with the team and works with them when they don't expect her to. So, yeah, yeah. we'll see. Another worry I have is the age of Ben Affleck, as he is in his early 40s. We can get several Batman movies out of him before he's inching towards 50 years of age. I've heard people talk about Dick Grayson taking over the role of Batman in the future. I don't think the WB will go with that idea. Bruce Wayne is Batman, especially for movies. I wonder if a Flashpoint movie will ever be done to reset the TCEU. <laughs> Man, it'd have to be... I don't know. If, they want, if they're done with their first set of movies, how oh, I yeah. said they want it to go into Batman Beyond, but I, if they wanted to, if they wanted to reset already everyone's contracts up with the actors, yeah. they need to start fresh. A Flashpoint movie could be pretty cool in <laughs> a way to do that. And like we're talking about with our favorite animated moments to see in live action, the comic and the animated movie of Flashpoint would have lots of great moments to, to see in yeah. live action, especially with Batman and Thomas Wayne. Oh. <laughs> that final scene with the, with the note. Yeah. <laughs> and just even with uh, Martha Wayne being the oh, Joker. Oh, yeah, being the scene, Joker, yeah. That would make for a pretty darn good movie. But he says, my last thought is the detective comics now written by Pete Tomasi have been hot garage hot garbage what is going on here they're bad the last thing my review will be up on the tbu next week and it will be catwoman meow <laughs> <laughs> need to do it in a more cat way like, meow <laughs> i don't want to embarrass myself no, like i just did <laughs> anyways the cure is the is the best and gungi lives <laughs> yes he does but Going back to his Detective Comics comment, I, I haven't read this past issue from this week, but the first issue that Peter Tomasi did, I really liked it. So I'm curious if the second part went way downhill or if Mark just isn't digging what Pete Tomasi did in the first and second issue. So I'll be curious to see when I finally do pick up the latest issue. Yeah, and I just got to thank Mark for helping me out or, or, or sorting something out for me because... Um, my girlfriend's nephew, who's in the Marines, is he's uh, he was in schooling. Uh, he's gonna be a uh, he's gonna be working on the Ospreys, and uh, he graduates. So he had like 15 days or something, like 15 or 20 days or something, where he he just had time off, I guess, or something, and he wanted to get off base. And he wanted to, for, well, first he wanted to uh, stay in 
because he's going to be stationed in California at uh-huh. Camp Pendleton. And he wanted to get a hotel in California. And I think Camp Pendleton is near San Diego, I think. And um, it would just cost way too much money. And he, Mark just sorted some stuff off for me. And it, he... My uh, my girlfriend's nephew is gonna come here. is is gonna fly back here and have Thanksgiving with us. So, thank you, Mark, for sorting all that stuff out because I don't know. It's just so complicated. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Everything is seems like in the military is just really complicated. See, our podcast served a purpose now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because because I was wondering if he can just go straight to Camp Pendleton when he graduates. Um. Yeah, can you just go straight there and then just go into the barracks and just wait for 20 days or whatever it is? And uh, or could he get a hotel on the base or you know just just stuff like that? Like I, I just don't know how that stuff works. You know? <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, thank you, Mark. Um, and yeah, like I said, everything in the I guess the Marines are military in general it's just so complicated <laughs> it's kind of like uh when he came back here on his 10 days of leave he wanted to go to his girlfriend's uh some kind of banquet or something so he had to wear the or he wanted to wear the, the dress blues and it was something with the pins like for, for one thing he couldn't get that top the top thing on the top latch on on the 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 shirt part on okay. and so like i had to like pretty much choke him to get it on <laughs> and uh there, there was something with like the pins it had to be like a certain like an eighth of a millimeter away from each other or something it had to be like in the center or something it was just complicated and like <laughs> there's like suspenders that go from the socks all the way up to the top of the shirt and like the, the the expert rifleman, because I guess he got the expert rifleman, so he he had to get the pin at a certain angle or like at a certain spot on the dress blues, and it was like, oh my god! Like, <laughs> so is Mark going to be on call now? <laughs> Anytime I guess you need so. to help or question to ask him regarding the Marines and stuff. I guess so. <laughs> but be by your phone all all times, Mark. You never know. When yeah, yeah. Time. You never know when <laughs> I'm gonna need your help. We don't call you Marine Mark for nothing. <laughs> yeah, you never know when I'm going to need your help on the measurement of the, <laughs> the, the ribbons and the, the pins and the, whatever, the buttons on some uniform I've never seen, never, you know, had any kind of experience with. That's very complicated. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I guess we can get on to our comic book reviews. Thank you, Mark, for your email. We love you. And just keep your phone by you because <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's something. <laughs> um, well, what did I – oh, yeah, yeah, the comic book <laughs> How can Sorry, you forget? I, sorry the, the whole dress blues thing was a nightmare for me. <laughs> You're still thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Reliving and, the horror. And even when he left, that green – I don't know what it's called. It's like a green uniform. It has a tie on it. And he couldn't find his tie clip. <laughs> it's like, ugh. Oh. So, so, 
we had to go on base to get another one. <laughs> that sounded like a fun day, yeah. <laughs> yep. I never want to do that again. <laughs> yeah, comic book reviews. Um, uh, this week we only have one book: Justice League: The Dark Side War, Batman number one. That's a long title. <laughs> it was. It was long typing that in the show notes too. <laughs> you see, I'm all frazzled now because I'm thinking about that day that we had to. <sighs> Bro, relax and hear the tale I'm about to tell you about Justice okay. League: The Dark Side. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, but first, I gotta say. If you don't want, uh, there's gonna be a lot of spoilers. So if you haven't read your books, you may want to come back to this part later, because Tim's gonna spoil the crap out of them, right, Tim? Yes, I will. And our rating scale is going to be rumors for the first solo Batman film that are pretty much plot points from Arkham Knight. <laughs> that works for me. <laughs> so first off, gonna give a little shout out to guy who posted a comment for episode 95 who made me remember this title was coming out because <laughs> i was a little out of the loop with the justice league dark side work i actually fell behind with some of the issues but i just recently picked them up a few weeks actually a few weeks ago but I haven't had a chance to read it and i finally read them yesterday but then guy posted a comment from our last episode saying tim did you read justice league dark side war batman number one omg it's like the story idea that you came up with i couldn't <laughs> believe it so remember when he was asking for what stories he'd like to see, and I said that moment right. where Batman had a chance to stop his parents from being murdered, and would he do that? So when I saw those guys' comment, I was like, oh, man, really? I got to get this one. So <laughs> I wasn't able to get to my comic shop, so I just went and downloaded it digitally. So Oh, no, that's the greatest sin for you, Tim, <laughs> uh, getting a solid copy of it, a paper yeah. copy. Since it's only a one-shot, I figured it's okay. <laughs> I'll just have <laughs> this one digitally. But just a little recap on the last two issues of Justice League Dark Side War, which kind of leads into this. But they had their battle with uh, Anti-Monitor and Darkseid. And during that battle, Darkseid summoned uh, this being called the Black Racer. He's like the Silver Surfer, only it looks like he's on skis because it looks like he has uh, ski poles and everything. So, But I don't know if that was necessarily the design they wanted, but it came across that way in one panel. But it turns out when Darkseid summoned him, that's what the Anti-Monitor need because it's actually like the embodiment of death. So the Anti-Monitor fused Flash into the Black Racer and, and kind of made him like a new god of death. And the Anti-Monitor used that to kill Darkseid. So Darkseid is now dead. And with that, and other sequences that played out through issue 45, so certain members of the Justice League are taking on the role as new gods in a way, because Superman is becoming a god now. Once Luthor threw him into the pit of Apocalypse, and he came out this as this new being fighting Luthor. So like Batman, we know, is on the Mobius chair, so he's the god of knowledge. Flash is like the god of death. And I believe Superman is like the god of power now. And so that's the new status quo in the DC universe is pretty upside down right now. And I will say too, just to throw out real quick, issue 45 had um, Francis Manipal on the art. Man, it was so good seeing him <laughs> again, drawing all of the Justice League members. His art is just so awesome. So to see him do that was pretty cool. So is he back or is he? I think it was just for this one issue. If mm. I'm not sure, but so Batman and Green Lantern were um, kind of gone to Quard, the center of the, anti-universe and so they were there to find out you know the history of the anti-monitor and batman realized that um what the anti-monitor is actually or the anti i'm forgetting the terms i'm saying anti too much the anti-universe was like it is pretty much the anti-life equation that dark side was looking for and the anti-monitor used that 
to kill Darkseid with the Flash and the embodiment of the Black Racer. So the Justice Leagues are some of them are new gods now, and even Luthor on Apocalypse after his fight with Superman, some like these nomad humans found him and they thought they mistaken a prophecy. They were all saying, you know, it was a prophecy that a man would come and bring hope. His like he'd come from his world. He was an orphan, a humble son of farmers, and a seeker of truth and the embodiment of justice. Which of course we you know is Superman, but Luthor pretends that that's him. And so their plan for him is to take the dark side energy <laughs> that once he got killed, got released all that energy, and it got transferred into Luthor. So he pretty much became a god too. He's going to be the new god of apocalypse, pretty much the new dark side. So that's where issue forty-five ended. Part five of Dark Side War, pretty much. The, there's no fighting right now. Darkseid's presumed dead. The Anti-Monitor is going back to his normal form. So, then, And the Justice League are all scattered about because some of them are gods now. And that's where these one-shot issues come off. And that brings us to the Batman one-off. And it's pretty cool seeing Batman on the, using the Mobius chair, kind of solving all of Gotham's problems. <laughs> really, Gordon's even complaining, you know, we can't hold all these criminals and we can't really convict them if they haven't done a crime yet because Batman's able to see the past and the present and know things before they happen so he's able to stop certain criminal acts from happening and it was pretty cool seeing that we see him take these uh, robbers about to rob a bank uh, or like a, a night gala or something but Batman just transfers them to like Antarctica <laughs> he's like there will be a ship here in a moment if you want to send flares for them to rescue you you can but you're not going to be harming anyone tonight and then he takes this person who was sneaking into his ex-wife's apartment, going to murder her. Batman shows up before that, and he takes them over to the mascara, to the Amazons, to have them pretty much show him some respect towards women and all that. So Batman doing this Mobius chair, just able to clean up Gotham. That's his goal, is to be the best Batman he can be with this Mobius chair. And we were talking about Watchmen earlier. I kind of Batman reminded me of Doctor Manhattan when he's sitting on the Mobius chair, just the way he's saying things and he's this being on a higher level than most humans are. I just really got that impression that Batman was acting like Doctor Manhattan, and he's not his tone of voice as I'm reading it. It doesn't like get loud. It just stays this one tone, and it doesn't show any emotion too. But but he's even though he doesn't show emotion, he still has it because once he's uh, realizing he's cleaning up Gotham, he goes, it's time to do something more personal. So that's where it gets to the part that guy let me know about. He does go to the past and sees Joe Chill trying to kill his parents. But he's trying to intervene with it, but it doesn't work. He's pretty much just an observer. He can't interfere. He sees, like, he tries to stop the bullet. It goes right through him. He tries to catch his mother's pearls. He's unable to. He tries to grab Joe Chill. That doesn't work. They They don't see him, so he can't do anything to change it. So it was cool seeing Batman go to the past and try to stop it, like how I wanted to see. It wasn't quite exactly how my story pitch was for that, where he is able to stop it, but he has to make a choice and think, wow, will this change everyone? How will it affect like my new family, Dick, Jason, Tim, all that? It will affect their lives greatly. So it didn't have that drama to it, but it was still kind of cool to see. But what made up for it was the sequence afterwards where Batman goes to visit Joe Chill in the present while he's in jail. And he makes it where nobody can see him, nobody can hear him. And he says, you know, like, I want to see, like, how you're paying for your crimes and, like, how you're holding up in a cell. And Chill's all, you know, I don't deserve this. I've I've been good. I, I should be out and getting parole. And Batman starts listening to things. Oh, really? What do you deserve? Like a nice house? flat screen TV for murdering people. So instead he takes 
Joe Chill to the place of the crime, the crime scene of the Wayne murders. And Joe Chill just starts pretty much being cocky and being proud of his murders. Same thing, like, yep, this is where I shot the Waynes, right here. It was like wet meat left there, little brat, all wide-eyed and shaken. Yep, I was like the boogeyman to that little kid. I can't imagine how many sleepless nights he's had in that manner. And there's like these panels of him making the gun motion with his fingers, just being proud of his job. And right now, Batman's keeping his cool, but boy, he doesn't know that's eating him up inside hearing Joe Chill say that. And he's all, so how many people have you killed total? And Joe Chill's all like, 40 and he says but batman when he hears that he's all well you know i'm just only interested in two and that's like the people you killed right here on crime alley and he's all all really why is that and then batman just flips off his mask and he goes because i am bruce wayne and joe joe chill just starts freaking out and what i love about it is because it's like an updated version of one of my favorite batman stories you hear me always talking about the untold legend of the batman where batman reveals himself to joe chill and he just freaks out. <laughs> Joe Chill, he just goes off telling these people, you know, hey, the guy, Batman, I, I killed his parents. He created, I created him type of thing. And then they go and shoot Joe Chill. But this, I just like how this was an updated version of that. We didn't get Batman uh, confronting Chill in his uh, apartment or just a secret hideout or something like that. He was already in jail. He took him to the crime scene. And then just seeing Chill's response was really good too he's all i should have killed you and batman's all really like that's what you have to say that's your first words after you shot point blank to two people and their son had to look on that's what you had to say and he goes i should like blast you right here with some energy beams but that would be too merciful so then he takes him back to joe chill's cell and he goes like i have another idea how about i let like a few words whisper out to a different cells here letting them know that you're the one behind Batman. The reason why they're in bars is because of you. So Batman's all, he has a great line. He says, I'm not a monster. I'm your boogeyman. <laughs> just as Joe Chill compared himself to being Bruce's boogeyman. So I just love how Batman's tormenting Joe Chill here and kind of having like that same effect where, like I said, in the untold legend of the Batman, Joe Chill told these gunmen that were hired working for him that he created Batman. And they shot him because they were angry because Batman's put them in jail a few times. And Batman's going to get that word out. So maybe that will eventually happen to Joe, too. Well, people in jail and all these different criminals will get wind of that, know that he created Batman, and they're going to make his life pretty miserable. So it was cool to see Batman do that. The only thing I was disappointed with was since Batman has all these powers, he was able to erase Joe Chill's memory from ever having this conversation with Batman. And I kind of wish Batman would have let him remember that because knowing that but Batman told him how if people knew he created him, they would probably want to kill him or harm him. So I don't think Joe Chill would tell anyone about that anyway. So I thought it was kind of pointless for Batman to erase his and Joe Chill's memory of his encounter. So not a huge deal, but I would have rather preferred if Joe Chill remembered that confrontation he had with them. So then the issue ends with Batman returning to the Batcave and Alfred's there waiting for him to feed him. But Batman's all, I don't have to eat. The chair provides me with nourishment. But then his nose and ear stops bleeding and Alfred's kind of wondering what's going on. And Bruce says, it's the chair reacting. He didn't expect me to this, to be this proactive and to be using it all the time to help clean up Gotham. So it's kind of fighting back. And Alfred's all, well, you should get off that chair. <laughs> He's like, Alfred doesn't like it. He thinks it's a problem. And Bruce is all, I can get off it any time I want. But he actually can. It's a struggle. It won't let him. But Batman's all, you know, he has his reasons. He goes, if remaining on this chair, like my whole life, 
it allows me to be the best Batman 24 hours a day, seven days a week, then so be it. I'm going to use it. And then he goes, but since uh, my mission is finally getting completed in Gotham, it allows me to like focus like my attention on the mini to just the one. And then it ends with this last page of Joker all over the monitor of the Bat game. So I don't know if the story is going to be told in Justice League, uh, the Dark Side War later on, but it looks like Batman is going after the Joker, which should be pretty interesting and cool to see with him on the Mobius chair. And the, the only other drawback, though, is the timeline is continuity of the story is all messed up because we know what happened in Endgame. So this is obviously happening before that. So it just makes you think the outcome's not going to be that big of a deal because of what happened in Endgame with Joker and the Batman. So that's another little knock on knock I have on it also. But other than that, it was a really cool issue. I really liked it a lot. It was awesome seeing Bruce confront Joe Chill and getting a little updated version to the untold legend of the Batman sequence that I love so much. So I'm going to give this one four and a half out of five rumored plot details from for the Ben Affleck solo Batman movie that are taken from Arkham Knight. So, Guy, I thank you again for <laughs> reminding me about this <laughs> issue. It was really cool. All right, so I guess that's it for this episode. I, um, I guess we've said everything we have to say, Tim. We never say everything we have to say, but <laughs> I guess we could put a cap on it for this one. <laughs> yes, so just go over to thebatmanuniverse.net or on Facebook at facebook.com slash thebatmanuniverse or on Twitter. Twitter handles at batmanuniverse. Our Twitter handle is at batfans27. Uh, Tim's Twitter handle is at timg311. Mine is uh, at dainsisbanana. You can also find us on iTunes and you can rate and review us on iTunes. And if you want to send us an email, you can send us an email at batfanswithoutpants at gmail.com. So with that... Like we say at the end of every episode, we love you. So if you're ever feeling alone in this world, just remember Tim and Dane love you. Right, Tim? With all our hearts. With all our hearts. So with that, we'll see you guys next time. The next time we do this. Right? Which is in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, which is in two weeks. It, it'll, it'll be fast. Don't worry. So with that, we'll see you guys next time, everybody. Adios. You always get a call with something different, Tim. I have to, but I'm not that well versed in the language, so it's like either yeah. adios or something. Yeah.